Tub Talk is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. Email us at tubtalk at cageclub.me with questions, criticisms, riddles, trivia, dating advice, cryptozoology, ideas for future episodes, and more. Head over to cageclub.me to check out other shows and email us tubtalk at cageclub.me. Hello and welcome back to Tub Talk. This is song 60 through 41 of the 2000s for Tom, Bob, and Matt. You forgot Matt's name a little bit No, I, I, again, once again, because I called Tom, Tom instead of Mance, I was trying to think, like, it was it Tom, Bob, and Mance, or was it somebody else? And then I looked at Matt, and I couldn't remember his name. And Mancy Pants. Your cat's out. It was a whole thing. Yeah, she's, she's, That's not good. She's hungry. My name is Anne. You'll be fine. Anne? Now on. Anne. Mance, your number 60 song is Queens of the Stone Age, The Lost Art of Keeping a Secret. This is another uh, song that we touched on, a similar thing that I touched on in the previous episode, where I felt like I needed a Queens of the Stone Age song somewhere on this list, and this is probably, hey, this is the first song of theirs that I got hooked on, and uh, it's still to this day one of my favorites. Uh, So on the list it went. It's a good addition. Is this uh, Dave Grohl on drums? I thought about getting some Queens on here, too. You have nothing from Songs of the Deaf? I don't think so. No. I'm almost positive I don't. I feel like Rated R is the album that like critics that like. Oh wait, I do. I'm sorry. I do have a, another Queen song later on. I feel like this is the album that people like really love. Like Songs of the Deaf is mine. All right, you're number fifty-nine. Ghostface Killer, Holla. Uh, so the previous episode, Matt shouted out the Delphonics. From uh, you know, as part of a joke, uh, Ghostface is my favorite Wu Tang member. Um, this is off of uh, his my favorite album of his, the Pretty Tony album. And what I love about this album, what I love about this song, is that it's it's Ghostface typical like tough tough talking shit, but he does it over a romantic Delphonics like wedding song, and he doesn't just sample it. He just lets the song play in the background and raps over the whole thing. It's beautiful. Ghostface always seems sort of disjointed. The, the lyrics always seem disjointed from the music to me. Yeah, yeah. He was probably the most like unhinged Wu-Tang member after ODB. Like the most capable of going crazy at any given point. You're number 58, tears dry on their Joey eyes. was just getting high off his cat. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he was kissing, like tongue-kissing his cat. <laughs> yeah. Amy Winehouse, brilliant songwriter, who only really got a chance, obviously, to put out one album, or, you know, one one great album. I love this song because it's a, it's a typical breakup song, but it's got, uh, you know, it's it's got that, um, that kind of like, fuck you, I'm going to be okay. You know, like, yeah, I'm hurting now, but I'll be all right tomorrow. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to get back on my feet and keep going. I appreciate that sentiment. I appreciate, you know, kind of dealing with the hard shit in life and gritting through it. This is also like a global mega hit, wasn't it? 
Uh, I think this was one of the singles. Her, on that the big album. song was that I'm trying to go to rehab. Yeah. Or I, I, that, whatever. But like, it, it, it's a song that's like has a sad, dramatic irony in, in her death. Yeah. I never really listened. To her. She had a beehive hairdo you thing. Should, you should listen to this album. It's particularly, I mean, it's it's a brilliant kind of like apes the '50s soul thing, but does it in a genuinely really good way. And that documentary about her is great. Yeah, heartbreaking. Number 57, The Decemberist with The Engine Driver. The Decemberists have always been a band that have, have told like miniature epic stories in their uh, in their songs. Like Colin, Mal- Colin Malloy always writes from the perspective of a character, and it's usually a character in some like faraway time, like some long ago time in a faraway place. This is uh, this is a song about a, a train engineer who uh, is kind of dealing with a lost love, and um, it's a, it's just a beautiful song musically. But uh, the chorus, which is coming up, you know, he says, "I'm a writer, a writer of fictions. I am the heart that you call home, and I've written pages upon pages trying to rid you from my bones." And I just think that's a beautiful sentiment for like trying to get over somebody and, and kind of move on. We saw them at Maxwell's, yeah. We did see them at Maxwell's, yeah, like like with fifty people there. Yeah, yeah. Before they were huge, which yeah. they were eventually huge. Yeah, and they uh, Maxwell's is the uh, Maxwell's is closed. We were talking about yeah. it the other day, right? It's closed yeah. for good. Yeah. That is the best venue that I've ever been to yeah. in my life. Yeah, yeah. Maxwell's R- 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 and R- R- to Maxwell's. Maxwell's is really, really good. All right, man, it's your last song. In this group is Feist, Let It Die. I love Feist. Uh, yeah, so these last three songs are all kind of similar thematically. I love, for, first of all, I think Feist has one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard in my life. I'm just one of my favorite singers. You know, again, this is a song about love dying and kind of the end of a relationship. And what I what I appreciate about this song is that she flips it, and you know she she's talking about the current, like the dealing with the fallout of the end of the relationship, but the chorus, you know, basically like it completely contradicts the 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 cliche that it's better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. You know, she sings in the chorus, the saddest part of a broken heart isn't the ending so much as the start. That that it's better to not ever fall in love with somebody because the pain only ruins everything that came before it. Oh, that is that's a brutal way to think about life. Yeah, Matt's thumbs downing that. He's got a mouthful of you, pizza. You thumbs down the sentiment. Yeah, I get it, but it's 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 beautiful to hear somebody's you know, especially with her voice to like you know, your heart breaks for her as she sings the song. She'd sing if she didn't dwell. Uh, a big hit, right? That one, two, three, four. Yeah. Sound, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was on her next album. That whole album, the Romans. Wait, is this one person? Feist? Is, yeah. is that like her last yeah. name or Le- something? Leslie Feist, yeah. And she's also tied in with like the broken, broken social, social scene. scene. Yeah, yeah. All right, Bob. Oh, we're really trucking here. We're moving. You're number 60, The Nurse Who Loved Me by a Perfect Circle. Um, this is a covers. This is a cover song. 
I forget the name of the original band that did it. Uh, Perfect Circle does a lot of covers, uh, but this, the nurse who loved me, the sentiment is that the person that he, th- this nurse is giving him medication and stuff, and he's manipulating her into into giving him things. It's a a weird song about enabling and romanticizing aspects of addiction that are really unhealthy but I think I know it's a cover song but I think Maynard and Tool in general and by proxy a perfect circle sort of uh, trade in that emotion really really well sort of really the darker aspects of, of relatable emotions she acts just like a nurse with all the other guys. And also, there's an aspect of like uh, that thing where like everybody who goes to the strip club thinks that the stripper's in love with them. So like the nurse who's like treating you good, like you like think like, oh man, this this chick really digs me. But it's just like, no, dude, it's her job to bathe you. She doesn't want to do that. It's like people who hit on waitresses. Oh my god, she's paying me so much attention. Yeah, well, that's her job. That's right. Number 59, Daft Punk, Face to Face. Uh, there's a version of the song that's live from Coachella that I would have preferred to, to do. Um, this is my favorite Daft Punk song. It's a song with a lot of lyrics, which I think is... You know, you don't need to focus on the lyrics, though, with Daft Punk. You can just get into a... F- fucking groove and 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 uh party down i want to get to the lyrics here though i should be giving you time codes to try to get us there But there was, I, I think that's sort of faded, but there was a time when Daft Punk was, like, the best live band in the world, and everybody, like, talked about them nonstop. And weren't people, like, obsessed with seeing what their faces looked like behind the masks? Yeah, I don't know if that ever happens. I don't know either. A lot of it has to do with Coachella, though. When Coachella was, like, a star-making concert, Daft Punk was was a big, uh... There we go. There you go. The lyrics kick in. Have you heard the uh, conspiracy theory that one of the Daft Punk guys is actually Banksy? I I know that I thought the conspiracy theory was that one of the massive attack guys was Banksy. I'm willing to say right here that Matt is Banksy. <laughs> Matt is Banksy. He's not denying it. You don't hear him denying it. Bob, your next song, not on Spotify. I have to go to YouTube. Fiddler, I just want to die. Fuck it, dog. Life's a risk. band that sold the fuck out with their last couple songs man this band like sacrificed all of their punk cred for some pop bullshit but this is an an album in betweener of a band who's like you know this guy zach carper started writing very seriously about drug addiction and things like that after he got through the other side of it but this part feels almost pop punkish. They go between screaming punk, 
hardcore and more pop punk. This song features the Los Angeles Fire Department. I think you hear their sirens in the background a little bit. Well, they're also in the video. They're putting out a fire. But Matt, like, I mean, you're a fiddler guy, right? You, you got him. Is this fiddler? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's not the you know, it's not album fiddler. It's B-side fiddler. Hmm. Sort of uh, the Blink One Eighty Two version of fiddler. Yeah. Bob, your next song by Nico Case. Hold on. Hold on. What do I have to say about Nico Case? The most tender place in my heart is for strangers. There's something about the softness of her voice that appeals to me. It seems like traditional in a way that it is comforting. She's in the new pornographers. Is yeah. that accurate? Nope. Yeah, there's something about her that just there's a sadness to her singing that feels uh, both intimate and big, like it fills all the corners of a room. Is this like a radio hit? I don't know. It might have been like a 106.3 kind of hit. Do you ever equate or correlate her with Jenny Lewis? Yeah, I guess so. Because for a while, I couldn't differentiate the two. Well, they both got red hair. And they're both good at singing and do kind of, like, country-ish music. Yeah. In another in another era, this is a country song. This is like, a, you know, Loretta Lynn or some shit. Sounds like a country song right now. Yeah, but I think she doesn't... I, I don't think she's like... You know, she's not at the CMAs or anything like Who that. Who is she? Nico Case. Because hmm. country has been taken over by fucking people who... Millionaires who play in stadiums, where it's no longer your uh, Johnny Cashes. You got Coulter Wall out there. Who's that? Got Coulter Wall. Coulter Wall. Oh, is that the twenty-one-year-old? No, Coulter Wall. Coulter Wall. Coulter Wall. Coulter Wall. The twenty-one-year-old from the last time. I thought you were saying there was a culture wall. I thought there was a culture wall between us and the people who like country. There's a culture war between us and the Blake Sheltons of the world. Sorry, the Blake Snorbergers of the world. I think I call them Blake Snorbergers. Sexiest man alive. Number 56, Eels with Trouble with Dreams. I don't know. This is a band that you guys don't, don't even know or aren't into I know at all. I don't, I don't know them super well, but I know them. Yeah. Um, do they do no okay? Yeah, that's the one from the 90s. This is newer than that, obviously. I should restating oh, yeah. something that's part of the premise of the whole podcast <laughs> uh, the recurring lyric and this is I don't have that much to say about this song but the recurring lyric of this song is you know trouble with dreams is they don't come true and when they do they come back to haunt you they can catch up to you sorry I fucked up the lyrics I like your delivery better <laughs> You know, this idea that, like, even when you're happy, look out, because something's coming. <laughs> something's down the pipe, and it's going to get you. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. Now, Matt, you're five. Again, I'm going to give... a windbreaker with a hood. Matt, I'm going to give you the option again to replace this next song. This is the second song on the playlist. That in the last week, shit hit the fan. We have R. Kelly trapped in the closet. Oh, the guy in the news. Uh, 
Ryan I mean, Adams, I'm always going to enjoy listening to this song. It's, I think it's, I think it's insane, and I love it. This is the longest song on the playlists. I don't need to say anything else about it. You all know it. You hate it. You love it. I think it's amazing. Arkel it's unfortunate that he's a bad person. Uh, yeah, it's it's like the thing the thing with R. Kelly is that I think his content is sort of married to his perversion in a way that is that's what that sort of makes it hard to. Hard it's like a Louis C.K. situation. Yeah, exactly. You look at it and you just go like, I liked that. He's an R&B Louis C.K. <laughs> title I was after myself. <laughs> Louis R&B. C.K. Lee. <laughs> I mean, truly, truly a, um, a monster, though. Yeah, and this isn't the last time he's on my list, so let's just go to the next one. The next one is one of our first crossovers that we're going to get to talk about. Oh, yeah. Tom, you take it away. I don't have a whole lot to Big say Big Boy with Shutterbug. The way it starts is awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that, that little, like, glass shattering and then the, the beat dropping in. It's a fun rap song to listen to. Uh, when it should have been a much bigger hit. It, it should have been. This should have been a global phenomenon. So. I will. I'll start this conversation now. There's going to be much more outcasts to come in the future, uh, in future episodes. I think when this album came out, I think Big Boy had staked a claim to being the better member of Outcast. The son of Chico Dusty. I think uh, yeah, Sir Lucius Leffa, yeah, the son of Chico Dusty. I think, uh, you know, Andre 3000 had like the critical acclaim, but I think at this point in his career, Big Boy had the stronger discography, and he's you know, he's, he's kind of fallen off a little bit on his last couple albums. But, uh, but this is an incredible album, on par with anything that Outcast did as a duo. Also, it's got a great like, you know, when you when you think about like iconic rap lines, like party lines, and clearly Outcast had one with "Shake It Like a Polaroid Picture," like as far as like a slogan for the party goes. This song has an equally great one: "Throw your deuces up in the sky for the shutter bugs." Like, it's, what? It's, it's, what? It's not equally good. <laughs> what? <laughs> not, not equally good, good, but the song should have been a much more massive hit. I like that Bob's in the bathroom comes out here some man say one thing and just like loses his mind. <laughs> Next up, Surfer Blood, Floating Vibes. Oh, no. This song where I really like the beginning. And then when it breaks, it's cool too. I never listened to this band before. I like the name though. Kind of sounds like uh, Smashing Pumpkins a little bit. I like that, but I don't have a lot to say about it. It reminds me of, of when it, uh, this was uh, 2010. It reminds me of 2010. That's all. Answer your next song. We're gonna skip this for now. Of, oh, go ahead. You skip my next one because we're gonna oh, talk about it later. Oh, nice. The next song, "Imitation of Life" by a little band named REM. Wait, uh, you're skipping that one. We're skipping. Yeah, "Imitation right. of Life." I thought you'd leave it as a surprise since you said. Not about it. <laughs> no, we've been saying we've been saying what it was. Oh, all right. Next song though right, that so we're gonna talk about. One, this is the one I wanted this is to talk good. about. Hope the High Road this by is Jason the one I Isbell. Talk about as far as just baldly optimistic. This song sounds like Walmart music to me. One hundred percent. Yeah. Granted, this guy was in Drive By Truckers, who I'm discovering as every word of this song, save one lyric, encapsulates how I feel 
since 2016, and that's what he wrote it about. And this line I don't like. Throw that line away. <laughs> Throw that one away. Everything else is good. Wherever you are, I hope the high road leads you home again. Commentary is my miming stuff right now. <laughs> I, it's so weird. Like, like I, you could play me this song probably at any point in my life, except the first time I heard it, and I would have passed over it, never listened to it ever again. But the first time I heard it, literally, I, I, I was crying, and I've heard it a bunch of times since then. And driving up here loud as hell, like something about it, like ride the ship. There's a line here coming. What, what, what do you say? Be, there can't be more of them than us. There can't be more. And it's just a, it, it like, I like that it sounds like Walmart rock because it's like the the elusive message that I've been looking for since 2016 of like, I don't want to blame anybody. Like everyone just, like I just need to know that people understand like, you have to just, like, it's just not good. Like, can you just be good? Like find a common goodness. And, and, like all of this, it's so sympathetic to anybody's perspective. I know you're tired and you ain't sleeping well, you're uninspired, you're mad as hell, but like regardless, like the high road will take you home and build the world you want to live in. And it's so cheesy and it's so like, something about it, I don't know what the fuck no, it was, I, I, but it, I, I, it hits I'm, me right in my I'm, in I'm my sympathetic heart. to that because I'm like, I fear and I, I, I fear the age of irony, right? right? And, and, and I fear people being afraid to say what they mean. Yeah. So anytime that someone is willing to, like, say what they mean, then I'm I'm sympathetic to that cause. Yeah, it's a totally magical song to me in a weird way. Edit that out. No. <laughs> that, no yeah, yeah, sincerity. Yeah. yeah. And I do want to say that, like, one of the things that we started this network, the first podcast, the Cage Club podcast, is because there's so much snark and sarcasm and cynicism on the internet, and it's so easy to be shitty. And it's so easy to make fun of things that you don't immediately like or don't think that other people like, so you shouldn't like them either. And we started the podcast, we started the network, we started all the podcasts, just trying to find the good in things. And just, you know, be good. Like, just, it's so easy and lazy to be, like, an asshole. Why why do that? Be better. Amen. All right. That's what I feared about putting that song on the list. It's <laughs> <laughs> <to> a PSA. <laughs> Man, it's your number 55. But that's what it sounds like. And that's by a, someone yeah. we uh, uh, spoke about a lot last weird. round. First day of my life by Bright Eyes. So first thing, this is just a, uh, it's a pretty song. It's It's got kind of got that lullaby uh, sound. But it, it differs thematically from the last song that I, I talked about, the Feist song, which is 
which is like super resigned. It's about the end of a relationship and a person who just like regrets ever falling in love with somebody. This is the complete opposite. This is, you know, he's in a point where he's trying to reconcile with a lover, with a, with a partner, and he reflects on the moments where it was good wistfully, like, and, it, and, he, and he sings of them really lovingly, those moments, and really, um, really positively. He looks on those moments positively, and he's asking for forgiveness, and, uh, you know, he's asking, you know, he says at one point, I wondered if I could come home, and you know. Then he says, uh, you know, he expresses uncertainty. You know, he's saying, "Hey, I want to, I want to, I want to get back together. I want to try this again." But like, who knows what will happen in the future? You know, with these things, there's no telling. We just have to wait and see. But I'd rather be working for a paycheck than waiting to win the lottery. Which is, you know, he's 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 expressing that he wants to put the work in. To, to you know to, to rebuilding this relationship because he, he's looking back on all these fond memories and and you know kind of wants to you know he just wants to give it another go it's, there, it's a really sweet sentiment there's also something powerful about the metaphor of like being reborn when you meet like the person that is for yeah. you yeah. right like I never was who I knew that I could be until I met this person who makes me the best that I can possibly be. Yeah. I think I was blind before I met you. Yeah, that's the like I, I now I'm seeing color. Yeah. I never could see there's lots of stuff I couldn't see before I met you. And now like I'm my best person because because of who you are. There's something really really beautiful about that. That said, I fucking do not like this song. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think you should have. Oh, good. That was, that was beautiful. Don't elaborate. All right. The Mansory number 54. This should be no surprise to you that we're going to talk about this I bet later. Lindsay's going to crack up at that one. <laughs> the next song we're going to talk about later, Outcast. Hey, ya. But next up, we're going to talk about Kevin Drew, Fucked Up Kid. Hey, ya is my next song, so we're going to talk about it. We could. Or we might not. This is a this is a mood song. Oh, oh, it's one of the ones. Yeah, this is a mood yeah. song. Uh, I, I just think it's a really beautiful atmosphere. That's you know that's all I got. I never heard of this guy before. He's the singer for Broken Social Scenes. This is Uncle Drew, basketball guy. No, no, it's not Kyrie Irving. It's uh, Kevin Drew, singer from Broken Social Scene. This is on his solo, his one solo album, and uh, just a nice song to listen to. This next song is by one of your favorite bands of all time. Your House by Jimmy Eat World off Bleed American. Everything but the girl. <laughs> I got I've got nothing to say about this song either except that it's uh, it's just like a, a fun, bouncy, wistful kind of, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, a love song. It's a good song. Do you want to dedicate it to anyone? No. <laughs> Next song, Don't Save Us from the Flames by M83. Everybody knows M83 from Midnight City. I don't. You, you know that song. You know that song. Yeah, you know that song. Yeah, that's actually a really good <laughs> that's a really good impression of that song. I love this song because it's fucking epic as hell. Like, I like this. This is how it starts out. Play it from the top again. Listen to the drums. That's how it fucking starts. That's how it starts. Bob headbutted the mic because of that opener. And it's just like outsized, like supersized emotion. Like it's it's it feels like a like a, a teen epic that is like uh, elevated on a really super grand level. Um, beautiful production, beautiful instrumentation. 
and yeah, just just epic. All right, Bob. Oh, it's me now. What By the band British Sea Power. Apologies to Insect Life off the decline of British Sea Power. Um. Yeah. Hold on. Let's wait for this to kick in. You guys like British Sea Power? I haven't heard much, to be honest with you. Uh, again, like I, I have a like severe bias to the year 2006 and stuff that came out around that era because, again, I was wandering around Los Angeles by myself, listening to CDs and a Discman, walking four miles to work every day. Stopping at Taco Bell on the way and eating a three taco meal with a large Coke, going to work from 1.15 to 10.15 p.m., taking a break at 6 p.m. to go eat one cookie and a soda at Quiznos. <laughs> and then, and that's all I was eating, man. And if you look at pictures of me from them, I look like a fucking refugee. I weigh like 140 pounds and I'm six foot two, man. And so, like, like songs from that era is like, like you know you can get lost in art when you feel shitty and when you don't have any friends and so British Sea Power I don't I haven't listened to them since then but something about this stuff it like I remember you know riding my bike in Burbank riding Charlie McNulty's bike in Burbank because I didn't own a bike I had to borrow one from my roommate this is the song from that album that I would that I would you know, repeat. I'd, I'd hit the back button to replay it once I finished with it, and it rocks. I don't know if they have anything else that's worthwhile, but this album is 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 quite good. So what you're saying is the Taco Bell diet works. Yeah, you can lose a lot of weight if you're only eating one meal of Taco Bell a day and walking eight miles. <laughs> Next song, The Libertines, "Death on the Stairs." Uh, the Libertines tried to save rock and roll, and it didn't work. Uh, this is the best band from that era. Tom, I don't know if you caught that on mic, but Tom went. It, they're a perfectly good band. That's as far as I'm willing to go on that statement. I don't know anything about them. You've got a back and forth between Carl Barat and Pete Doherty. Uh, this is Carl Barat singing. Later on in the song, you hear Pete Doherty singing. But uh, there's a part in this, you know. The recurring theme of the song is don't bring that ghost around to my door. I don't want to see his face no more. The I- There's a lot of wounds in this band and pain. And, and if you... It's about being able to give up the past and move forward. Continually, you know, oh baby, please kill me. Oh no, don't kill me. He's going back and forth between the idea of wanting to die and not wanting to die. Which is how we all feel. It's great, man. The Libertines, they could have saved rock and roll, but we didn't love them enough. Not our fault. (laughs) Next up is someone we talked about, I think on the last complete set of songs, Elliot Smith with Twilight. Yeah. I can't even, like, consider Elliot Smith without getting bummed out. Um, This is uh, the best song off of his last album. That was not finished before he died. Yeah, Blue Moon. 
No, from a basement on a hill. Oh, from a basement on a hill. The, the album you're thinking about is the one that came out afterwards that had like demos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I saw him perform this song live before this album came out. Elliot Smith, gifted lyricist, gifted guitar player, unbelievable at melody. I if if I, if I want to, you know, sometimes when you get depressed, instead of trying to like make yourself feel better, mm-hmm. you do a deep dive into yeah. the sadness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and this is a good place to take you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's what Elliot Smith is is for me. Did you ever check out Andy Shaw? Yeah, yeah. I, similarities, right? There, yeah, there was that. I think I was talking about listening to that "Someone Like You" song yeah. over, like, on on repeat for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Your next song is a song we were talking before Matt and Man showed up about how much I dislike Creep when I heard it in a rock band because it's one of the first songs he played over and over again. This is another one of the first songs he played over and over again, but I still love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Maps. Tom seemed like he was going to say something. And then Tom seems like he has it on his list higher. Oh, yeah, I thought I did. You do not. This is Tom's number one song. This is an instant snubber flub (laughs) from my point of view. Yeah, it was... uh, How did I not put this song on my list? Listen to those drums, man. Yeah, this song's incredible. With Karen O crying in the music video. Holy shit, did I not have this on my list? Nope. It's it's an iconic song of the era, right? Oh, my God. This is one of the big-ass hits. And, and it's one of those few times where it's like there was a big ass hit where you were like, yeah. yeah. yeah it's cool. This is a beautiful And then you were like, song. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Oh, go to the next so song, Joey. Sucked, Joey. Go to the next song, Joey, and then go to prison. No, that's a good way to move along. I like it. You should make a, a, a cat skills joke for every song. Uh, and then we, we'll know it's time to move on. Beyonce stole that's this right, yeah. lyric. Hold like, up. It's, it's, yeah. Hold up. They don't love you like I love you. Like that. Like, it's such a, it's, oh man, yeah, no, this is an incredible song. I'm really pissed at myself right now. The next song is by a band, Bob's favorite band of all time, Blur, Battery in Your Leg. Not my favorite band of all time, but the guitar in this song. <laughs> yeah, you, you love, man. you fucking love Graham Coxon, man. He, he, his, he pulls some, Graham some, Coxon evolved in. He pulls some jet engine family. shit on this song. Um, this was the last song, this is the only Graham Coxon song on this album. Because he left the band, and the rest of this album is nowhere near as good as this song. The album Think Tank. I, don't know, I got one. I got one from here coming later. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy beat, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> but just his lick in this. Yeah, man. That shit is beautiful. I have no idea what this song is about. The battery in your leg. This is a song for the good times. Way to the club on this. I like uh, Ambulance is a good song. It's the not first a, half of it's yeah, a good album. It's, and then it's, the second half gets really. It is. It is slow. not a bad album, but it is missing Graham, who is, yeah. to me, a defining guitarist from this era. And I like. I like. Hurt uh, 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 Damon. I like Damon when he's when he's singing vulnerably huh? instead yeah. of instead of like. Cocky Damon doing Yeah, but I like, like that too. Yeah, me too. Me too. But there's something I, 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 I this resonates with me a little, a little bit. Yeah, that's a little bit Matt, your next song you, you teased it before was Outcast. Hey, y'all, which surprise, surprise, we will not be talking about because it is higher on Bob's list. 
than either of yours. Good. I didn't want to talk about it right now anyway, because this next song is better than that one. The Play next it. song is better than that one. This is the Play one it. when you re-ranked Play it. Play Rolling it. Stones' Play 100 it. Greatest Songs. You had this at number one. Oh, God. <laughs> Daddy, I have a very good argument to make this in number one. This was almost number one. Instead, I fell to 54. I feel like twerking right now. You don't have the ass to twerk, I man. do not. I do not. Facts. This was 2004. So cool at this up. point, we're talking about 15 years ago. So it's a song that like dates me as how old I am. But also, like I like that it sounds menacing. And I like that it was a huge hit. And I love that it's all in Spanish. It's just like, yeah. Where it's at now? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a precursor to where if you pop can't is get today. Your, if you can't fucking get your fuck on to this, <laughs> like in an awesome way, then like just get, stop. Get your fuck on in an awesome way. That's a quote from this episode. I can tell you that much. This song's a shot in the ass. I love it. What about your next song, D'Angelo's "Ain't That Easy"? That D'Angelo album when that came out. Was so un- like was it was so good. Which album is this Black on? Messiah. This is Black Messiah. Oh, okay. this, this came yeah, out yeah, like yeah. on like the, New Year's Day. The comeback album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing I like about him is that he's funky as all hell, and he sings really smooth, but he's really tight. Like his whole thing, he's just like excruciatingly tight. Yeah, yeah. like he's putting all of his muscular t- into the song. Yeah. This also kind of has that, that like the, the, the fucking the rhythm is so like yeah. It's just so like, tight and and like weird. Those multi-track vocals also kind of sound like Bowie or like you know those like haunting vocal style. <laughs> just the, the, it's just so off. I like it. He's fucking yeah. awesome. Questlove played drums on this album i watched so so i watched snl last week or whatever and there was some guy how'd that go we i try to watch a lot of Six snl months and ago. I, listen i will say that like they did do another donald trump impression with alcohol which i don't think is funny but it did seem like they were making a little bit more like like uh angry jokes Oh, there were jokes this time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. And they were like, they were okay. They weren't great. Because, I mean, it's been so bad. But anyway, like, there was a guy on there, and he was definitely doing a Prince thing. I remember watching it with Lisa, and we were just like... Are you talking about the, the musical performer? Yeah, I forget who it was. Uh, I don't even know. I hadn't heard him before. It made us sad that, like, we were both enjoying the song. We both turned each other at the same time. We are like, yeah, this just kind of makes me sad that Prince is dead. Because, like... That's not. It's, it's right. trying to be, right. but D'Angelo is Prince, <laughs> so like Whoa. he's still here, and that's cool. So let's yeah, just pay attention I, to him from now on. I don't know this song, but I really. I this really whole like fucking it. album is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, next song. Fed's watching by Two Chains. Here's another song that I have no idea how this wasn't a humongous hit. Like this shit oh, yeah, should have been a, a huge. Two hit. Chains, uh-huh. also known as Titty Boy. This is. <laughs> B.O.I., right? This is produced yeah. by Pharrell. Oh, uh. You can hear it. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's on the hook. Are you talking about Gary Clark Jr.? The Pharrell's real name? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Gary Clark Jr., yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. from yeah. Austin, Texas. Yes. Yeah, Gary Clark Jr. Yes. is an incredible guitar player. Yeah. 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 He's, he's no really fucking Prince. That's the, no. that's the thing. It's, it's a tough standard yeah. to compare yeah. him to, but, but the song he played was a fucking Prince yeah. song. So I'm so when you when you when you get ready to shred, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, let's have it, baby. Yeah. And like what he did, I was just like, eh. I mean, come on. 
Prince, give, give, don't. Give him a, a better chance than that. Don't think well, of him as Prince. this next song I I didn't even like at all. I uh, couldn't just think it. No, because he was, I've seen him twice live. I saw him solo at ACL and I saw him play with Foo Fighters. Yeah. He was, he's great. He's right. more of a, he's more I of a, him. he's a blues, he's not yeah. really I like a him funk. Both, but I, I don't know, man. Tell me about Two Chains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Titty Boy. The hook on this, I'm be fresh as hell if the Fed's watching, is a really good, like, fuck the man sentiment. Yeah, sure. I like it. And and just like the, the like Eddie Van Halen sounding like guitar wailing like quietly in the background of the song the whole time. How come nobody has any Van Halen on these lists? How is this not a huge hit? How are there not like people cruising down slowly on every street of America like blasting this song? I don't understand. Now your next song is from a guy that I've never heard of or a band that I've never heard of. Jeniferous favorite yeah, this thing. This is like you, you talked about like a YouTube band. This is a band I just found through Facebook. Reminds me of um, uh, Polaris, but this song oh, specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Today I Got to Do My Favorite Thing, is the hook. And the song's two minutes long, and it just is like, you know, get up on a sunny day and have a one, like have a good day. Yeah. But I just, I, I play, it's like the unofficial draft day theme song. <laughs> it's almost like I feel like I can only listen to this song once a year. The day I do my favorite thing. Aww. Just wait until the chorus comes in. It's, it's really charming. Bob, you have no idea what you're in for. It is a hell of a day. I think my draft day theme song is Desperado by the Eagles. I like it. It's also Hotel California because once you check in, you can never leave. He goes on to say, Unless I got up and I started to sing. Today I got to in a chair, a on the stairs, in a bed. All right, man, so you're number 50. We were halfway through halfway the countdown. Through. Jesus. This is a song that someone else had already, but we're going to talk about now. The Dead White Wait. Stripes, Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground. Who else had this, Matt or I Bob? Did. It was like my number ninety-nine song. It ain't okay. me, babe. That's my Bob Dylan impression. You know, yeah, it's my ninety-nine song. Uh, fell in love with a girl has that energy, and like Hotel Yorba has like the cutesiness. But this is really to me what the White Stripes are all about. This song is just fucking raw, dirty, down in the muck and mud. The guitar sounds rusty. It's it's a it's just a great song. What the fuck is Jack White up to now? Making like art albums. Like his last album was like a was like an art house version of the White Stripes. No, no, well, I can, I can he's like he's got a label too, yeah. and he like uh, Man Records yeah, presses yeah, yeah. records yep. and all. Yep. In Nashville, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 like set up shop. That's cool that he's doing that. He's not yeah. like in Hollywood trying to yeah. make movies. He's just... There was a TV documentary about ten years ago where it was him and two other guitarists, and they just talked about. Yeah, it, it, it might get loud. Yeah. yeah. And he talked about how when he was a kid, he slept in his hallway of his house because his room was just filled with drum kits. This is Jimmy Page and The Edge were the other two guitars. Edge, yes. Matt, your next song might be my number one of this era, but we're going to talk about it later with Rihanna. Is it Carly Rae Jepsen? No. Oh. Your next song oh, yeah, is uh, Ramapo alum, Way Titus later, Andronicus, Dimed Out. Yeah. Um, Stickles. I love I love Tiny Andronicus. Shout out to New Jersey band. Shout out to Shakespeare. Shout um, out to Ramapo. It's a it's a. I mean, this is shout out to Cedar. How long is the song? A minute and a half? Two minutes? Three minutes? Three minutes? Oh, it's longer than I thought it was. It's just it's a, it's it's a all hands on deck punk. You know, he calls him Patrick Stickles, the singer of this band, calls his songs bangers, like uh, in the hip hop parlance. But did you say all hands on dick? <laughs> all hands, all hands on deck. Oh, it was like a boat thing. 
And I, I like this song because he's singing about punk All rock. All hands up ass. He's, he's, I, I love songs. I love rock songs that sing about loving rock songs. And that's what the, you know, he's, he's like, sings. I, I only like it when it's dimed out. Like, I only like it when yeah. it's turned up to 10. And, like, nothing less will do. I like God Gave Rock and Roll to You by Kiss. Oh, yeah, man. That's your next song is the hymn of She and Him. M. Ward. I got a song way fire. high up about love and rock and roll. Way high up. So this is, uh, who, what was it, Colton White? Was that his name? The guy that you... Coulter Wall. Coulter Wall. This is a similar type thing. This is M. Ward, who is a little bit older than, than he is, but still manages to find a way to sound like he's from like the 50s. This is like porch music, I feel like. Porch music. My heart is always on the line. We've seen him a couple times, you and I. We saw him. We saw when him. was the second time? All I remember. Oh, he covered a he covered a Daniel Johnson song. Bowery Ballroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And we were right up on the stage. That's right. Yeah, yeah. it was a good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. song. He's a really good songwriter, a really good guitar player, and yes, he is more famously known as the him from She and Him. Man's your last song in this grouping is Bell and Sebastian. Well, Zoe Deschanel's pretty famous. She and Him shit. They're 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 famous. They're they're big. Moms? Hey, man, don't hit on moms. I mean, mean mean like my mom. Are you hating on your mom, or you're not? I'm hating on anybody. I'm just saying. But like, I, I, I think if you appeal solely to sixty-year-old women, that you're going to be like more popular than. Did your, your mom text you a good luck text today? No, she did not. She did. She doesn't time. know what's going on. She got me the shirt there with Mickey Mouse on. I love that shirt. I like that shirt too. Did you ever see in New Hope? There's that place, God Save the Queen, right? It's like a weird store. For a long time, they had a they had a store that was they, they had a, a shirt outside that was it was just. It was like a, a cream-colored shirt. It was Mickey Mouse, like with like stubble, and he was just like shooting heroin. <laughs> and a couple times I was gonna buy it, and then Kristen was like, "Don't buy that shirt." <laughs> so I, I, didn't, I didn't buy it. Man, it's your forty-six is Bell and Sebastian. If you find yourself caught in love, you look confused. Scott, are you trading stocks? <laughs> No. Did you make four thousand uh, dollars? You know, this is a, a really. I'm beginning to notice a theme with many of the songs here. This is a, a sweet little Depression. ode to, to no to falling in love and how great of a feeling it is and how um, hard it is on the knees. If you if you. If, <laughs> <laughs> really, that's the joke that got Bob to fall out of his chair. I mean, I thought that was a good joke. I didn't think it was fall out of your chair worthy. Sorry to ruin your conversation on Sebastian. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, it's also just a really. <laughs> it's getting back on track. <laughs> It's just a fun little bouncy song. I think we. I'm, I'm looking quizzical because I'm looking back at my songs. I think we skipped two of my songs last episode. I think you just flat out missed two of my songs. No, we're talk about them later. Both of them? 74 and 73 on mine? Oh, okay. Alright. Alright. Fine. 
Yeah. That was the softest acknowledgement. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering because you talked about how thematically you're seeing you're seeing like something take shape within your list. I wonder like how true that is across all of us. If like if you just repeated all the stuff that each of us individually said, how like there would be like a thematic right. through line yeah, through yeah. all of us. I think I think it definitely like if you think of your, you know, like what's on brand for each of us, I definitely think my choices are on brand, yeah. for, which is what, you know, the yeah. point of this is. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's love and the We're selling ourselves as brands. Right. That's why we're doing this. Yeah, like my shit's all. We have about, a lot like, of shit to yeah. do after this. Yeah, but my shit's all about mean? like having an enormous penis and <laughs> like being awesome at sex. And uh, <laughs> how did you? What did you say about Gasolina? Like, if you can't get your fuck on in an awesome way, you might as well yeah. stop. <laughs> the most romantic way to put that. All right, man, just yelled at me for skipping songs. We're going to skip your next song, Bob. Is, sure. We're going to oh, skip we're, Broken we're, Social Scene, Lover oh, yeah, yeah, Spit, because yeah, okay. that's going to come up later. Sure. So this is, so of all the groups of five songs, this is the most complicated one, because we're skipping two, and I have to go to YouTube for a third. This next one, Chance the Rapper. A little peek behind the curtain. Uh, Coco Engineering Room. Cocoa Butter Kisses. Off Acid Rap. Yeah. (laughs) How did he get away with that shit? I used to love this album, but he annoys the hell out of me. It's so like, what the fuck does he think he's doing? (laughs) I feel like Mance Overnight went from being the biggest Chance the Rapper fan of anybody I know to being suddenly like, oh no, fuck him. I'm done with him. No, there's stuff about him that I don't like either. Okay, here's the thing. I, I find like his faith moving and I find like this song is interesting because it's like there's this thing that I like and that I do which is drugs I like I like smoking weed etc but like this thing has isolated me from my family and it's not like he's changing he's not like he's just saying like man like I wish my grandma still would hug me but also I'm still gonna keep doing the things that I, that I do because that's who I am now but this is also like this is the song that announced him into the into the world yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. I, I almost had another song on this album uh, on my list. I, I do, I, I, I still do, I'm going to use present tense, love acid rap, but um, he just, I think I just needed a break from Chance the Rapper. He just gets a little too much sometimes. I think he's charming. It's when he's like so over the top charming that you're like, all right, all right, man. Like, I, uh, yeah, but there's that, that, that part right there where he says, I, I put Visey in my, in my eyes so my grandma would fucking hug me. Yeah, like, yeah. there's that's like, I, I get it. Yeah, that's that's tough, man. Okay. Next. Your next song, Bob Solange. Cranes in the Sky. The Superior Knowles Sister. Whoa. Come at me, Hive. I, oh, I don't agree, but I don't disagree either. She's a fucking kid when this song is made, man. She's so young, and it's like so like complex emotionally. This I song think. Came out like two years ago, three years ago. No. Yeah, yeah. This really? was on her last album. Yeah. Two or three years. I didn't ago. think this was much, much older. No. She's I mean, still it's pretty a, young. It's still a great song. Yeah. I think that like this is uh, sounds like Sade. Maybe. This is one of those weird songs where it's like she's. This song came out in 2016. Wow. Why did I think this was like from like 2012, 2011, 2010? Something like that. I don't know. All right. No, either. She was. I mean, I mean, she was 20, 30. Never mind. 
30. <laughs> she was 30 when this came out. See, I thought I thought she was like 18 or something, uh, or 17 no, when this song came out. You're off the she was seven years. years old. Shows what I know. Yeah, this, I, 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 I love this song. Yeah, yeah. See her live. She's really, really good live. I'd like to. The next song we're also going to skip after driving one arm scissor, but we're going to get to the Mountain Goats once again with Lovecraft in Brooklyn. Oh, we we go back to Lovecraft in Brooklyn or to the Mountain Goats. Right? Uh, here's a brief primer on H.P. Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft was incredibly racist, and so when he moved to Brooklyn, he was he lived among minorities, right? And if you think about H.P. Lovecraft's uh, the stories that he wrote, which are largely about aliens and stuff like that and being like suspicious of the world around you you can look at it sort of as as this metaphor for how like like racism will poison your brain to the world around you and how like if you hold that hate inside of you you will not be able to function in the world um and and this song is like a literal interpretation of that kind of feeling like i feel like lovecraft in brooklyn like i feel like a dude who cannot function in the world and stick to the shadows when I can it's about aliens coming down from to, to like harvest your brain in mason jars I mean it's a science fiction novel inside a song and, and uh, again man John Darnell just brings it and also rare for the mountain goats this song like really rocks like there's there's a like driving beat to it and cool guitar and, uh, you have one of their songs way high up, right? Yeah. That met- one, because when we shared our list way back in the day, uh-huh. like that's the one that I like just perusing yours. I was like, I listened to that a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah in your top out of three for me. In your top five, yeah. Yeah. All right, Matt, you're number 50. Number 50 and number 49 are, song, I have the same shit to say about both of them. Two songs you cannot escape. Two songs you can't escape. I'm, Crazy. Why would you want to win in this good? Oh, mercy me. Like this song, I feel like I, I feel like I should just instantly want to skip it, and I just never do because I like it a lot. And and you know, we talked about uh, Danger Mouse months ago. <laughs> if he can pull this shit off, you know, good on him. He deserves it. All right, next song, same next song, Gorillas. This one I was extra East pleased Wars. by because. I saw Damon going out with a new project and having this massive hit that everybody knew. I was like really happy for that. And this song is awesome. Again, Wait, where'd he come from? Blur? Yeah. Blur, yeah. He's a singer of Blur. Yeah, after Graham left, he was like, all right, I'm out too. I'll do this thing. And it was like massively successful. And it was awesome. This album's great, and so is the next two. Arguably more successful than Blur, like in America, at least. Probably. Well, I mean, what was the hit from the second one? It's like this. It, I don't know. They had like two pretty large yeah, hits, so I guess it's bigger than what Blur did. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. Next song, you can just go to. This next song has the best chorus of all time. It's a band that we've already talked about, Fiddler with Cheap Beer. Talk about a guy singing like he doesn't give a fuck about his voice. That's right. saw Fiddler in concert before it was cool to like Fiddler. I wish I had, they, they, they seem like a band that would be fantastic live. I wish I had it on cassette tape. Sam. I drink cheap beer, so what? Fuck you. Great. 
We'll just give it. I gave you the gist. Check it out for yourselves out there in podcast world. Matt, your next song is the one that you were sort of defending blindly last time. Yeah. Last round from this Bob. My, this is my Blur. song, Off Think Tank. Off Think Tank. Yeah. Out of time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool beginning. Weird beginning. Like they recorded this in Morocco, right? That was like the whole idea behind it. I like that there's that in it, like just to serve the song. And then like it probably it seems like what they were doing every night. Like just hanging out, like right. They wrote a song under the Moroccan sky at night. That's cool. And there's something real cinematic about this song. Mm-hmm. Very like uh, things are coming to an end. This could be a Bond song. I was actually surprised Blur never did a Bond song, but you know, it's a hot potato. Bond's always like three years behind the time of what's cool anyway. Except now it's got Carrie Fukunaga, so who knows. Now your last song on this group is a song that I listened to the other day just because I was like, I need to hear this song. Warren Zevon, my shit's fucked up. My absolute man. This is a dirge. The story about him is that he, he well, if you don't know, he, he wrote his last album while dying of cancer and his two albums before that. He talked about death before he had his diagnosis. Let me break it to you, son. He has this, there's this like feeling that surround. So his career trajectory, and I'm sad, I'm kind of mad that I didn't put one of his songs on the 80 and 90 list because. His output during that period wasn't very good. 80 to, or 78 to like 81, he put out self-titled, Excitable Boy, Hard Luck and Dancing School, even The Envoy. Then he fell off the wagon, alcoholism, didn't put out anything for five years. Came back in the late 80s into the 90s, put out some albums that I really don't like. Two good songs here and there. Took another five years off, and then he came back with this album, Life Will Kill Ya. Then his album after that was called My Rides Here. And then his last song he recorded while dying. And he just presaged that with these two albums. And this was the first song. And this song is exactly what happened to him. It's exactly what actually happened to him. And he wrote it before it fucking happened. I think but he you, sings you, it like, like he knows exactly what's going on. But coming. you can do that to yourself, you know? You can... You can he had mesothelioma, is that right? Mm-hmm. Like from fucking asbestos? That was just a thing in like commercials, like. Uh, well, Matt and I are gonna get mesothelioma too because my senior year of high school we got like the first two and a half months off because they kept finding more and more. Uh, this is the longest summer. High school. <laughs> that was the end of the summer, man. That shit was amazing. Like, like went to school like October twentieth or some shit yeah. like that. Yeah, that was the end of the summer. That shit was unreal. <laughs> I mean, it's worth it if we die later because of that. <laughs> All right, man. So you're but yeah, 45. Warren will be back, and and he's my guy, and he, and this is. Man, so you're, you're 45, Alicia Keys. You don't know my name. Two things about this song: uh, the sample, the production is is a beautiful. Uh, I don't. I actually don't know what song the sample is, but I love the sample, and and Alicia Keys has a great voice. She's just an incredible singer. I like this genre of uh, you know pining, pining for somebody who just has no idea that you exist. 
like the way the piano cascades down as she sings that. Oh, that's pretty. It's a pretty song. Your next song is a song that somebody else had their list already that we're going to talk about now, though. Shiver by Coldplay. That is like my number 99 song. Okay. Um, You're a yellow man, right? Cool. Yeah. Oh, shit. That does not sound good. Coldplay has... Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's... let's, (laughs) I like this song, too. I like this whole album. Coldplay, yeah, has some good stuff. Like... They get shit on. They're they're very easy to shit on, but they've made some really great music, and this is a, this is a great song. Um, they're easy to shit on, all right. You get a glass table, lay down beneath that. <laughs> some Chris Martin. No, no, sorry, Chris Martin's under the glass table, and you sort of like hunch above the. Gla- that, but aren't that, you shitting on the table? You're not shitting on them. Talk about goop. Oh, get God damn, fuck out of here, Joe. Twenty years. Um, Theory. You can't hate that. We both like this song because it's a, a blatant Jeff Buckley ripoff. Oh, yeah, maybe. I, I literally never put that together until right now. But it is right. a blatant Jeff Buckley ripoff. Speaking of snubs and flubs, I still can't fucking believe that that last goodbye was no, one of the only three songs that all of us had. <laughs> also, because I like I like Lover, You Should Have Come Over better than right. like, yeah. like, like, That's one of the songs that when I listen through to that playlist, I'm like, eh, I'll skip this one today. How the fuck would that, how I don't did that happen? I have a weird prediction, which is that in the the sixty to seventy nine list, there's not going to be one single crossover no, song among the three be. of us. Of course, there will be. Of course, there will be. songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. There will be. Swear. Yeah. There, there Elvis Presley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can we move on to? Uh... Sure. The next song you have, Ted Leo, the pharmacist. Where have all the rude boys gone? Um, this is a song that I just love through the sheer force of personality uh, that Ted Leo is. Another New Jersey product, incredibly underrated. Somebody that more people should appreciate for the the quality and length of career he has put together. Yeah, this song just wills you to like it. Wait till his vote his vocals come in right here. Your next song is one we're going to talk about later, Crazy in Love by Beyonce. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at my list now, and I have no idea why it's so low on my list. Well, it's not on one person's list. It's only on two, so not on three. So We'll talk about it later. Be number 41, last song in this episode, Wildest Moments by Jesse Ware. I, got, I don't really have anything insightful to say about this song, you know, that I haven't said about a few other songs in this episode, and that it's just, it's another, it's another, you know, song about love, and uh, it's sultry as hell. I think Jesse Ware's got a great voice, and I just think it's a well-written song. You're a real love guy. Yeah. You love love. Let me ask you this. Do you cry at weddings? When you go to weddings, do you cry? Depends on the wedding. But you have, you, I you, have in the past cried at weddings, yes. I cried a lot at my own not, wedding. Not real's wedding. I remember that. I cried. I cried <laughs> at your wedding. I, I did cry at your wedding because you, yeah, there's that fucking man. You guys read those letters yeah. to each other. I wasn't was invited rough. to man. his wedding. That was yeah. We weren't on that level yet. But I swear, <laughs> I know, if we got, if we get, if we renew our vows tomorrow, you're there. I'll what? tell you what. Why did you get married? What year? 2016. No, 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 no. That's no. Not, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. 2012. <laughs> okay, so I didn't know you. I just, I, but it wasn't. It was 2012. It was too early. I'll tell you yeah. what. Coming to my wedding. Yeah, I should hope so. All right, are we gonna record a podcast at your wedding? No, but but I uh, I might 
make the twelve se- or the eleven seps my uh, best my best man. No, eleven that's not gonna happen. Not the real. My friend who's getting married in May has four best men, and I'm one of them. Are you the, are you the best choice? Are you the best boys? I guess so. Best boys to men. Bob, you're number 45. The Get Up Kids out of reach. I didn't realize that I was thinking about this before. This is uh, sort of betrays the genre because it doesn't sound like that emo shit necessarily. It sounds more like a, a folk song kind of. I guess. Wait till he sings, then he'll betray the emo roots of it. Yeah, there's uh, one particular lyric on this song I love that when when it comes on. So, are you trading stocks? <laughs> no, I'm looking at my list and like looking ahead so that I have insightful things to say. You're cramming. Yeah, basically. What do you get, what, what do you have to say about like as someone who's unfamiliar with the getup? This boys? sounds like straight up email. This straight is up email? This isn't sneaking any. This isn't fooling anybody, Bob. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Can you guys believe this is an emo band? <laughs> you know what? You're right, and I'll take it. And then. What's the lyric that, that, that hits you? I'm now wondering if that's in this song. Sometimes I'm old enough to keep routine. Sometimes I'm child enough to scream. Is that this song? I don't remember. That's one of their songs. I think this is like the one so- one real emo song that survived my, uh, my uh, late teens, early 20s. I can't relate to it at all. I don't know what the lyrics are about at all. Something about like, fuck. I smuggled my way into new nationalities. I don't know. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> well, how, I mean, plus like, fuck you. No, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, take it off the list, Joey. Uh, right. We're we're your new number forty-five. My is. new number forty-five. <laughs> no, number forty-four. Another LCD sound system. New York, I love you, nah. but you're bringing me down. I love you, but you're bringing me down. I could have just not said your second New York it. song. Uh, what was the first? No, you're thinking of New York uh, uh, by the They Might Be Giants. Yeah, New that's from the that's from the Snubs and Flow. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Which is now like eight weeks ago. <laughs> <You're probably>. <laughs> <laughs> the the continuum's to, really yeah, 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 in yeah, on yeah, itself. This is some real back to the future <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> this is, you know, uh, so so Fran, Fran, uh, Fran Leibowitz, who's a writer from New York City, she she says that uh, New York is, you know, you're, you love New York when you're in your 20s. And so, like, you always just think that, like, New York was at its best when, right, when right, you're, right, right. you're uh, you know, when you're a kid and you can enjoy shit. Because no, nobody's favorite era of anything is when they're 50. Yeah. So, like, when he's talking about uh, the New York of the 80s and I guess the early 90s or whatever is, uh, you know, he's idealizing in a way that is kind of in kind of like a fuck you kind of way. Because, like, to idealize crime and things like that is right. is bizarre. I do like that he takes a shot at Bloomberg in here when he says... Uh, your millionaire mayor now thinks he's a king or whatever. Yeah, your millionaire yeah. mayor now thinks he's a king because uh, straight up, fuck billionaires and millionaires. There's no ethical way to make a billion dollars. Go fuck yourself. The revolution is coming and it's going to be bloody <laughs> and uh, eat, eat, eat shit, you fucking millionaire. Did he get into that in this song? Not really. <laughs> Not in the way that he should. So, so like Aerosmith, you're basically saying to eat the rich. Yeah, man. Yeah. Bob, what do you think about people who are worth $950 million? I'm not going to repeat that word because that's not a word that I use in my. In my in, I, I'm not going to say it. New York, I love you. 
You think this, this guy's worth it? Makes, it makes it sound like I was calling Jerry Seinfeld the N-word or something, <laughs> but I wasn't. I used like a semi-misogynist slur against Jerry Seinfeld in a private conversation with Joey. Now wow. he's trying to trap me into... Wow. I, I don't Joey. know that word. I just thought you, you had a joke about it. Yeah, I call I call Jerry Seinfeld a pussy, oh. um, which is not a word that I... I it was c- Contextually, it was funny at the time. But How are you worth $950 million and not worth a billion? What's yeah. wrong with you? Ah. There's no way to okay. make a... There's no way to make a billion dollars and be a good person it's just fucking you know how many billionaires could have saved flint michigan all of them chose not to all of them fucking eat shit it's coming to get you there's going to be redistribution of wealth or you're gonna or there's going to be genocide and that's that's that bob you're next can god forgive us can forgive me i didn't do anything it's like a dark turn bob your next song is my favorite song by this artist runaway by kanye west that's his artistic peak. I don't know, uh, right? This album? Or the song? Yeah, I mean, I think this song yeah, specifically. Probably. It's not my favorite Kanye West album, but probably his best. Air quotes. Best. Air quotes. Song? Best. I have a different Kanye song, I think, the top yeah. of the next episode. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, this isn't what Kanye does. Yeah. So, like, whatever. It is kind of, though, because it's him copping to the ego egoism uh th- that sort of has defined him you know i found bravery in my bravado etc etc um and it's him it's him coming to like the toxicity of that and how like this song is cool though maybe yeah. you should not idealize that kind of egoism and maybe you should just like maybe, maybe we should also dismiss it it's interesting when i talk about separating the artist from the art and like with him I feel like I actually am being hypocritical because, like, I was about to say, well, I don't trust anything he says. Yeah. But so what? Yeah. It doesn't mean the song isn't still what it is. I have less of a problem with who he's become off album. I think, quite frankly, his last three albums have just sucked. I just think they've been bad. He's also mentally unwell. Yeah, I, and I think he addresses that pretty well in music form back then, and now it's less It's less like that. It's like enough, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Right from fucking music. Not to be that, but like... Right. I guess I'd like not to... Being, uh, I mean, I, I, he had a prolific 2018, though. He produced like five or six. Yeah, like, but whatever. Yeah. So none of it's any good. Uh, two, well, two, two of the albums he produced are good. But Pusha T's of, album is great. But, but his album was horrible. And Kid See Ghost was good. Kid See Ghost was a good album. And Pusha T was really good. Pusha T was a good album. I didn't buy that because it had that fucking picture of Whitney, Whitney Houston. Houston yeah. And that is so fucking monstrous and, yeah. and, and yeah, yeah, unethical. Yeah. And just like, well, go fuck yourself for that. Especially when you're, 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 you're coming out saying, uh, hey, I'm bipolar. Why don't you guys respect the fact that I'm bipolar and I'm dealing with shit? You guys are giving me a hard time and you're not, you know, you're not respecting my mental illness. And then he goes and exploits that photo. That's such bullshit. For attention. I want to be clear before about when you I. Sh- you should. Shame on you, Kanye West. <laughs> Shame on you. Before when I was talking about genocide, what I meant, <laughs> what I meant, and I want to be very specific about this because that could have sounded bad, is that could, could have. if there's not redistribution of wealth, then ecological disaster is going to force genocide on the poor classes. I'm not threatening rich people with genocide. I'm saying that genocide is going to be the result of them not giving a shit about poor people. Poor people are the ones who are going to die. Joey could have just edited out that last bit, and now he's... 
Uh, if you want to edit out, go. I don't care. Whatever. Do what you want to do. Nothing comes out. Edit everything else out. Just that. Edit, Just edit release everything. that. Edit, edit, edit everything. If anybody doubted that Bob was going to be our breakout star. Breakout uh, a fucking person that gets canceled on the internet. <laughs> Next song, you're 42. Why Oak with Civilian. She's an incredible guitarist and an incredible singer. Who is this? Why Oak. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a great lyricist. And I learned about this band by going to a Mountain Goats concert, and John Darnielle covered this song, and he didn't do the shitty thing where when you cover a song, you switch the, the genders. Oh, he, yeah. he stayed, he straight up stayed, yeah. just like singing. He kept the genders in, 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 in their original context. And this song is like... I still keep my baby teeth. Like some of this song is super creepy and I like it because I think that we're all super creepy people. And if we, if we're just like open about ourselves, then our creepiness will be, I don't know. Maybe we could feel less shame about being creepy or something like that. You're creepy, right? Yeah. yeah hell yeah. Everybody's creepy. Yo, can I try this? Yeah, by all means. What are you trying? Get, get on mic. Say what you're trying. Let's get some Advertise Brewing there. Company, Northeast IPA. Advertise with us. Wrench. Wrench. Wrench heard it. Beer. Packaged on twelve seventeen. That'd be very good. Better drink this, baby. I know. I bought it back in December. I just never finished the fourth one. Here. Here's your cup. Let's split it. So uh, that's Why Oak. Bob, your next song is on YouTube only. Das Racist, all ten, everything. Yeah. Uh, they they sort of have a uh, reputation as a joke band, or they did, and they are incredibly funny. But they're also very smart, and a lot of their lyrics are they don't make sense in a in a in a logical way, in a narrative way, from point A to point B, C, D, with everything. But they're it's it's just like leapfrogging from one reference to the next and when you put all the references together you can sort of thematically understand what they're talking about which in this case is the the you know it's very often racism with them they're very they're very often talking about the you know the plight of people who are not part of not at the top of the hierarchical structure of racial power. Not white. America. Well, it's right there in their name. Not white. Yeah, that's racist. They're like is, they're like textbook smartasses. Yeah, yeah. They're they're like people who are really smart and also like don't necessarily want to engage in arguments with people. So we'll just like be sarcastic dickheads, which like I can fucking relate to, frankly. Not the smart thing. I, that, that sounds egotistical, but you know what I'm talking about. Hey, but it's true. And they say things like doo doo doo. Now, is this somebody who sounds like Jay Z? No, that's that's a Jay Z sample in the background. The all ten everything part. Didn't last episode of the first episode you have a proclamation? Fuck Jay Z. There I mean, we that's go. That's Nas's proclamation, not mine. But you said something like, "Hell yeah!" All right, Matt, you're number forty-five. Damn, that's good. I didn't know this band was still making music. Oh, no, you better era. believe it, baby. Steely Dan, Gaslighting <laughs> Abbey. Ooh, well, they're not still making music. <laughs> when did this come out? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, one of them just died this year. 
This album, this album won fucking album of the year at the Grammys. Oh my lord. Ready? Ready? Two against nature. Woo! This is like yeah, I love this shit. Show theme song. I love this shit. I'll defend Steely Dan against anybody and listen. Have you been to SteelyDan.com? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they did that letter about uh, Have you read the gospel about uh, Steely Dan? It's Web 1.0. There are just tendrils of like links that you follow out of that site to different weird writings, fake journals. It's fucking crazy. It, it explains a lot about them. I mean, like, you know, it's just either a key fits or it doesn't on Steely Dan for most people. And, like, rich rewards reside within. That's all I can say. Sounds good. Now you're 44 is Chance the Rapper featuring Lil Wayne and 2 Chains. No problem. Oh. Coloring book. I had never heard of this guy before I heard this song. And I just thought it was really, like, uh... Really happy and really uplifting and really fun to listen to. Really energetic. And I like that Lil Wayne's in there. Like, yeah, yeah. I enjoy the way he raps. I hadn't heard him in a while. But nothing a whole lot to say about this other than I like it a lot. This, this is the album that lost me on Chance, but this song, this is, a, this is a really good song. Sounds like a dude having a ball, man. Come on with your bad self, Joey. King Tough Anthem. Here's a rock and roll song for you. King Tough? Uh-huh. Never heard of him. T-U-F-F. Just a fucking rock and roll record. It's great. That's it. <laughs> Let's go. The last song on this episode. No, just kidding. Two more. Yeah. Midlake Roscoe. Yeah, this is one of those songs. I don't know anything about the band. Other than this song. The Trials of Van Occupanther. I feel like this was a pretty big hit, like in the indie scene. I'm a very big fan of this album. There's like this weird timeless creepiness to this song. This... Sting about stonecutters out like the wet woods. I was I don't just know. I was just listening to this album for the first time in ten years, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it sounds to me like Radiohead meets Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, that's oh. the vibe I get. From sure, that. that's, that's great. I don't know, Midlake. Midlake. Yeah. Song's called Roscoe. They, they put out a few albums, and I don't really like any of them except for this one for whatever reason but it's, it's when a, I listened to it again a couple weeks ago it was still stuck with me is there another band called Midtown is that a band probably, probably. Is, so you know this whole album is this yeah. the best song on the album um maybe oh so it's like all as there's other it's parts a, yeah, as good yeah, as yeah, this yeah. it's a consistently good album yeah. yeah I'm just never even like I like this song a ton it's weird that I actually never listen to the album you should listen to the album yeah, it's a cool song. Not the last episode, or the last song on this episode. Sturgill Speaking the country music, man. Living the dream. You know Sturgill Simpson? No. 
This album's called Meta Modern Sounds and Country Music. Like, he's like kind of he's kind of like Todd Snyder. Oh yeah. Only more like he's in the outlaw country vein, but he's kind of like uh, he names his album Meta Modern Sounds and Country Music. Like, and he kind of looks like Charlie LaFlaca. No, he doesn't. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Well, he does in the sense that everyone looks like Charlie LaFlaca. Yeah, most do. <laughs> So he, so he, uh, I, I really thought this album was really cool. This is not the best song on the album, but I like it because it makes fun of people who say "live in the dream," and uh, I think that that's really funny. <laughs> well, it's also a good time, a good time to point out that these are not the best songs of the decades. That's the favorite, our favorite songs, the ones that mean the most to us, that yeah. we like the most. That would like the messages of the most. Yeah, it's hard to rank art, but I think I nailed it. Live, laugh, love. It's the heart. It, what do you say? He goes. Uh, it's. Uh, I don't have to do a goddamn thing. Just sit around and wait to die. All right. Like, don't most people do that? Who say ah, I'm just living the dream? Yeah, because the dream is like to, to do nothing. Yeah, to not do anything. To just not live a life die. of pleasure until your light goes out. But this whole album's worth a listen through. It's pretty. Yeah, I give it a shot. Well, that's another episode of Tub Talk in the books. Email tubtalk at cageclub.me. Let us know our snubs and flubs from this episode. Record a song in Spanish, Sturgill. We'll be back in two weeks for the next 20 songs. Bob, what you got in your mind? Uh, rate and review us. Uh, donate money to me <laughs> through patreon.com slash cageclub. Yeah, we got. If you, if you donate $50, we'll take a candle and cover it in the menstrual blood of a virgin and bury it in the woods and then scorch your name on top of it and you know what that'll do <laughs> yep tub talk at cageclub.me l tub talk we'll see you in two weeks mance <laughs>